Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Australian Dads Network podcast. I'm stoked that you're here with us for this episode, which is a two-parter with Gus Orcajo. Now, Gus is a dad, an entrepreneur, a certified emotional intelligence practitioner, and a self-awareness coach. And we dive deep into some of the vulnerability that uh, and, the, and the emotional intelligence that we really need to focus on in the Australian Dads Network and just men as general and women, if you're listening to this, we all struggle with emotions. We all need to talk about them. We all need to understand how and why it's really important to dive deep into your conscious, into your subconscious and learn and learn and learn. And Gus takes us through some of this stuff. He helps parents overcome stress, lack of purpose so that they can feel peace, calm and clarity again. How good is that? So we take two episodes to talk to uh, to to Gus because it's such a, an epic conversation. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with Gus Orcajo. Hey Gus, how you going mate? Thanks for joining us on the Australian Dads Network podcast. Hey mate, uh, no thanks a lot for having me. Um, it's a true honour to be on, so yeah, thanks. Yeah, cool. That's the first time someone said it's an honour. It's a, oh, really? I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, first no, yeah, mate, you're doing amazing stuff. Um, just having the, the group itself is so powerful and uh, it's a great thing for guys to have. And, you, you know, you and the admins are doing a great job. So, well done. Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a bit of work involved and, and yeah. Yeah, grateful to have a, have a bunch of guys that are in the background that are able to... Uh, able to assist in, in putting things in place and making sure that we're getting the, the right guys in there. Cause there's a lot of back end work, just, you know, we've got Cleaning the questions to get in and yeah. And making sure that the, the right guys are coming into the group with the right intentions and yeah. um, some slip through the cracks, uh, but that's all part of it. So it's good to have a group of guys that are there that are on the same mission and, and happy to uh, volunteer their time to, to sort yeah. of admin the group, which is really good. Yeah. A hundred percent. You guys are doing really well and um, yeah, keep it up because yeah. You can't you can't fix the one slipping through, but uh, from one since I've been in the group, I've only I think I've seen one, and that was fixed up quite quickly. And the group responds really well, so yeah, I think it's it's awesome. Yeah, cool, excellent. And and so we have met through the group, obviously as well. So um, a lot of the people that I speak to in the in the dads network are guys that I've met uh, through the group. And or have something that is uh, going to be really uh, a major contributing factor to some of the guys in the group to be able to make some changes in their life and transition into something that is uh, a bit more uh, a powerful, powerful version of themselves in not just a in a in a strength um, yeah. you know traditional sense, but in yeah. a in a more internal mindset sense as well. Yeah. And so I think with yourself, there's there's both of those. So you're in the group doing some really cool stuff in there, but um, you're also uh, I, I'm going to say it, but you're also going to be able to impact guys just through this conversation as well. People who may not even be in the group that listen. Yeah. So that's um, that's really. I'm excited to have this conversation with you because I know that there's and there's there's a there's a connection there as far as the topic that we're going to talk about too, and as far as emotional intelligence and self awareness goes, and uh, and it's something that is really uh, I, I think. An area that I'm still working on, but also that I've I've had some work in as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah, no, 100. Um, and yeah, that's why I joined the group. You know, like it wasn't just um, because I felt I had something I could give, but uh, I feel that having that connection there is super important. Um, having a pra- a place to kind of express and have other blokes who are going through maybe similar things or have been through it can chime in, and you know, just everyone 
can help a little bit just given their experience and that could go a long way into really helping someone else um you know you, you know best than that, than anyone the the rates of men struggling in this country and you know suicide rates are unbelievably through the roof so any help that we can do with just sharing our own experiences and putting a mate up you know back onto his feet then yeah that's that's awesome so for the guys that don't know much about who you are and you know obviously we see you in the group is there any uh are you able to give us a bit of a bit of a background on on yourself obviously we had you in the podcast during yeah. mental health week which was awesome and but it wasn't a it wasn't an interactive one as the guys yeah. that listen to know pre-recorded so are you able to give us a bit more of a, a bit of a just an overview on on who gus is and and how you've come to this point right now yeah for sure um i'll try and uh Keep it. I, I've got a tendency to talk a lot, so <laughs> um, I've got to train myself to not do it. Um, well, look, mate. Um, yeah, so I grew up, you know, in a pretty uh, well. My my family came from poverty, but we ended up becoming a yeah you know, normal middle class family in the Western Sydney. Um, they were immigrants, but you know, built themselves up. And my upbringing was quite uh, easy going. No real traumatic events that I can remember or that affected me. Um, you know, my parents were pretty clean cut. I didn't have any family issues or anything like that going on in my life. Um, I was pretty successful in anything I put my mind to. I uh, ended up becoming a tradie after I left, you know, school and stuff. Uh, had my own tiling business. And I was pretty successful in football, playing semi-professional, you know, soccer. So making some money from that. So life was pretty crazy for me. Um, then I... Fell in love <laughs> with the um, the mother of my child, who's my ex, and now my ex. So, and that's kind of when things just really flipped on its head for me. Um, I went into a really serious relationship, but we were just having trouble after trouble, even just in the relationship, a lot of drama that I wasn't really used to handling. I didn't know how to how to handle it. Um, I didn't know how to express my emotions. I was bottling things in. Um, and this was kind of just eating at me on a daily basis. Uh, and she was begging for communication and I just didn't really know even how to, to give her what she needed in that sense. Um, but anyway, um, lo and behold, we still, we ended up, uh, I don't know how or why, but deciding to have a child. Um, it was kind of semi-planned thing and we ended up falling pregnant. We went through it, we through with it and Maybe, I don't know, subconsciously we probably thought it was going to improve things or connect us a little better. Um, I don't know, it's quite naive now looking back, but it is what it is. And then, yeah, so things just even escalated 10 times more. As anyone with kids knows, you can't be prepared for it, the first one, and it really rocks your boat. Um, so it did for us. And and she was a very, she's a very powerful, independent woman who had very successful big businesses in Australia. Um, so... For her, motherhood was a massive challenge and it really, really shook her up big time um, and put her into a lot of stress and anxiety. And that created way more problems be between us again. So in all the process of her losing herself, I was completely losing myself and my soul. I felt like I was always walking on eggshells. Every time I'd say something, it was a bomb going off and we'd be arguing back and forth. And this continued on for quite some time. Um, I distanced myself from friends because I was trying to dedicate myself to her and my son. So I was really isolated and 
just I bottling up really and starting to build up a lot of stuff within me. And um, we moved overseas, tried to live in Thailand for a year, see if we could get things going. We were trying to build a business um, together. I left the tools and stuff. So, you know, we didn't have an income, but we had some cushion of money that we had saved up and that was slowly diminishing. So we ended up coming back to Australia, trying here, thinking back, we went to the Gold Coast, um, thinking that maybe coming back to Australia with security, we could grow something here. And yeah, it took another two years. My son was two years old and it just got worse and worse. Our money was, we running out of money. So all that stress was building up. I was trying to go back to work, but she didn't want that. So I was trying to be a stay-at-home dad and, and please her and try and build an income. And it just was, nothing was working. So I was in full panic mode because, and, and continually stressed uh, in that flight or fight mode. Um, and so was she. So her, her health was also deteriorating. So it was just all happening. Um, and it got to a point where our son actually got in between us one day and said, can you please stop arguing? And really sad and, and upset. And that was just like a big slap to the face for both of us. And, yeah, that's when she pretty much said, look, I need you to leave. Um, and that was another massive slap to my face because I thought we were going to just keep trying. So, yeah, there I was, kind of no job, no friends, no family around. I uh, had seen my son every day of my life up until that point. I was staying at home dad, so I had to leave him and no place to live, really. So <laughs> it was, yeah, um, really, really tough for me. And I, um, I was fortunate enough, my parents helped me out a bit with some cash just to be able to get a rental property. Um, but then all these beliefs about my son and my life started coming in and um, that's when I really went down a big spiral of doubting myself, my abilities as a father, as a, you know, as a partner, as a person. Um, really isolated myself even further, started binging on, you know, food, movies, um, uh, alcohol. Luckily, I didn't really know anyone here to even have access to much any drugs or things like that because who knows if I would have gone there. So um, it got really heavy and really dark. And, and you know, my ex and I were still in communication because she still, luckily, she still believed in me seeing my son. And I wasn't, you know, I hadn't done anything uh, physically wrong or, or abusive to her or my son. I was, you know, I was trying to be a really good father and I wasn't alcoholic or anything that could really uh make give her a reason to push me away but i know that some guys are in that scenario where they haven't done anything wrong and they still get pushed away so i was lucky very lucky that she found it important for me to still be in the picture for him my son so that was still kind of happening i was seeing my son but it just wasn't the same you know and he was also he was always asking me why did you leave like why aren't you living with us so that was just tearing my heart to pieces because He's two years old. He can't really understand. I can't really explain it to him at that point. Um, and, yeah, for me, it was just getting really, really bad. I, and I, luckily enough, my ex actually went to a, a course and, and a, work, a workshop on stress. And it was all about self-belief, self-awareness. And she told me, you know, you should go to this thing. It's bloody, it was really good. It's simple. You, you, I think you'll love it. You know, we had done a lot of work in the self-development um, space, you know, trying to build businesses and build ourselves and empower ourselves. 
but when you know all the I don't want to swear, but when all the stuff hit the fan, you, you um, can, you yeah, when, when all the shit hit the fan, none of that really helped us because setting goals or trying to motivate ourselves never got us out of that. Um, so we just we didn't know how to dig ourselves out of that. So going to this workshop opened my eyes to the world of self-awareness, self-discovery, uh, and that's when I you know, realised I didn't know anything about myself. I didn't really understand myself. I didn't know how or why I was built up the way I was. Um, and that was just real eye-opening for me. And and it changed my life in a sense because then I really dedicated myself to that and dug deep into learning about me, what makes me, why do I react the way I react, why do I feel the way I feel, why do I even believe the things I believe in my life? Like what makes it true? You know, who told me, who who said that this is the truth? You know, but we never question that stuff. We just, as we grow older, you know, especially through childhood, our parents kind of tell us who we are, what we're about, who we belong to. Then our schools reinforce what they believe and then the government will reinforce what they believe and media will reinforce what that believes and they just push fear. A lot of the times it's what comes from everyone's fear. So you end up believing that you're this person, like your personality is made up from all that and you never really sat, you know, looked in and gone, really, is that me? Like, is that me at my core? Do I actually believe that stuff? Do I even resonate with that stuff really deep down? And that was huge for me. Um, and, yeah, we ended up, uh, I ended up, well, both of us ended up signing up to do the practitioner course to become an emotional intelligence practitioner. So it was like a diploma on energy psychology. And um, to be honest, I did it to work on myself because, the course actually was set out in a way where you have to work on yourself for a year before you can gain your client. So you had to clear yourself of a lot of your own stuff. You had to work through your stuff, do a ton of one-on-ones with practitioners before you could even think about talking to a client. And I thought that was priceless because a lot of, you know, courses out there on psychology even and things like that, it's all book-based. Mm. So people are learning from books and then they're going and trying to help people from that point. And granted, it can work at times, but they're not going through experience of actually doing the work themselves and hitting those deeper layers so you can actually connect with that person on that deeper level or see or you can see what they're going through on a deeper level and be that space for them and not, um, you know, and that's what, you know, helped me. That course, I, I shifted completely. Then I went into a ton of other courses and read books like crazy and, mate, it, just everything changed. I ended up starting my own online business um, in the marketing space. I created an online agency, um, built that up to over 10 grand a month um, from scratch, you know, just, and then with the emotional intelligence side of things, once I finished the course, I was doing one-on-ones with a lot of people, helping people on a one-on-one level. But more importantly, which is where it gets crazy and very unique, and I don't even know if you know about this, but so my, I, I kept it. I got to see my son every day after that. We were getting a lot, along a lot better with my ex, and we realised that we could still be a family, not so much a conventional family for society or you know the normal, but we ended up saying you know we can get along. We know that it's our own things to deal with whenever things come up. And we ended up moving back in together. We actually all lived together as a family, but we're still separated as a couple. Mm. Um, and my son knows no different. 
as far as he knows, we're still a family. Dad's here. He gets, I get to wake up to his hugs in the morning still, you know, and, um, and his mother's there too. And, you know, each of us have had um, experiences with other people as partners and stuff. And we've been able to work through that and deal with whatever comes up during that period. So doing this work and, you know, the self-discovery uh, work and the emotional intelligence work has given us the ability to do that. Um, and I think it's priceless. Uh, sorry, mate, if I went on a bit, uh, <laughs> it's, it's hard to shorten it, but yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, there's, there's, there's something to be said about a nutshell and, um, you know, every nutshell is a different size. And I think, uh, you know, your version of your story is your story and it's, uh, and yeah, no one can, no one can shorten that into or, or condense it into anything. And I think you, I mean, I, just from you talking about it, you know, I felt the emotion of going through that, all those processes yeah. and yeah, so it, 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 the way you talk about it is really significant to you. It's, it's your story. And so yeah. I really appreciate you sharing it with us. No, that's all right, mate. And, uh, you're more welcome to dig into any areas you want. Um, I'm an open book. I've got, you know, I've, yeah, I, I try and narrow that down, but it's, it's so hard to, even that's a very narrowed version even, but it's so hard to, like you said, if I don't really go a bit further with it, you don't get the whole scope of it mm. and you can't get that feeling of it. Um, but that, that, yeah, I'm sure a lot of guys can relate to some of those areas in their life. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely took some, some points there of, of things that I want to, um, start talking about for sure yeah. and i think the first one and i remember you um you talked about it uh I, i'm pretty sure it was in the in the podcast or it could have just been something in the group but it was the work that you and and your ex did or were doing on them yeah. so on yourselves yeah. um you know the was that more so focused around i'm thinking from this uh from what you just said there it was it more focused around the business sense than actual yourselves and and is that something that you've you've looked back on now and gone well we were doing a lot of self-development and and, and yep. growth work on uh, on the business but that may have been something that we, we the couples sort of stuff or you know ourselves may have been missed because our goal was something that was not us yeah well um yeah i guess back then um it was kind of business, but it was more life because could, could she like my my ex or Savannah? She had um, an entrepreneurial mind already. She was very much already in that game, whereas I came more from the poor man's mentality, and I struggled with the. Um, I had to really like we clashed big time with our egos, and she was trying to get some information through to me about how to think of business and life differently. And it just wasn't sinking into my mind. I couldn't get in. So we'd fight a lot about that kind of stuff. But now that I've been on both ends where I've done this work and I'm not putting down personal development, I, I think there's a place for it and it's awesome. But what was missing was probably um, like, for example, you, you know, like you do affirmations or even goal setting, right? People will write their goals out or their, or their affirmations and or positive thinking is a massive one too where everyone tells us to think positive. But you can write your affirmations and say them every day and like, you know, like, oh, um, I'm highly successful and rich. I'm highly successful and rich. Like, you know, someone might say that. You could try and say that every day, but if deep down, 
deep down in your core, there's a subconscious belief that that is I'm not good enough, then it doesn't matter how many times you're going to say that, you can't, you're not going to bring that into reality or you might in a little small patch for a bit, but then surely enough, you're going to make yourself not good enough in some way and the thing will come crashing down. And that's what I've found with this work is it's getting to that bottom layer so you can then go after you and use personal development, yes, to then expand. So I don't know if I've missed your question, but um, I think that was missing, yes. So we were like using self-empowerment and self, um, self-development for trying to build our businesses around the lifestyle we wanted. So we were conscious that it had to be, it was a lifestyle business. It wasn't so much just about getting rich and getting money, but it was more about what kind of life do we want? Let's build that. How can we build it into something? And then we were trying to do the step-by-step goal setting, all the stuff that you do in self-development and the motivation. And Mm. they talk a lot about motivation in self-development. And I actually now feel that when you can come from your core and you're really in tune with your, with your heart, I guess, and what you really truly want, you don't need too much motivation because you're kind of inspired. You, you got inspiration. You're, you're inspired from within. So you just have the will to do things because it's coming from that deeper place. Um, when you look at these guys that are performing at immense levels, you know, like your Tony Robbins, your Gary V's, and, you know, um, even some of the, you know, spiritual leaders out there, those guys can't be running on motivation. Like they just, the way that they do it year in, year out, every, like they're traveling around the world constantly. How do they have that energy? It's not motivation. It's, it's something deeper. There's a fuel, there's a fire in there just that's burning. Mm. Um, and that keeps it going, you know. And for them to do it that long, it's just freakish. But once you connect, you start to realize, oh, that's what it is because it's coming from a deeper place. Yeah, cool. I, yeah, you, you answered that for sure. And I think it was Tony Robbins who said motivation is like a warm hug. It's nice yeah. to have, yeah. but it's not actually going to change your life. You know, yeah. Yeah. although a hug, a hug is pretty good. But, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, but, it, you know, it's not going to, a hug's not going to make you start that business. A hug's not going to, you know, get you beyond where you are now. It's, yeah. it's, it's nice to have. It's nice to have a lot of, but. Yeah, you need to uh, you need to look further, like you say, look further yeah. within yourself, and then start making those changes. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Mm. So your your work on yourself. So you've you've now you've now started to do a lot of work on the on emotional intelligence and, yeah. and self awareness and helping people do that. And and like you said, you've had to do that intense work on yourself yeah. for that year. And I think that's that's really really important to, yeah. to be able to do that because obviously like you said you know you you, you said there where you you can't go and say to somebody a new client and say this is what you should do yeah. if you're suffering if you're still struggling with that same scenario because it just that's it's right. that's yeah. not fair for that person to to go through some some scenario that is not appropriate for them because you just you think maybe out of the textbook that's what it said they should do yeah. so that work for the for the year was uh, extremely important, and obviously beyond that is just constant constant work. But you mentioned it's 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 created a, a better life for you. Um, it's also helped with your business. And we talked just before we started recording that you're working on a new website and all that kind of stuff, which is all just process and, and new programs and disorders processes that have have come from this work that you've done on yourself. How about the relationship with your son as a result of the oh, yeah. 
as a result of this. Um, obviously, he's involved in yeah. in all aspects of this, the life and the business and everything. How how is the relationship? Has it changed, or has it always been sort of? Now that you're a bit more aware of yourself, what's what's the story there? Oh, I'm so glad you asked it because I actually forgot that part out of my story, which is so <laughs> bloody huge. <laughs> I tried to shorten it. I forgot my son. Um, oh, mate, uh, that's when, like, seeing the depth that I've gone with my son now, that's what's made this, made me realise this is my life work now. This is life. Uh, it is the only way to be. Like, it's it's crazy. Like, so my son used to, when, when we lived separated, he used to sleep with his mother, um, you know, in the same bed and everything. And because of her stress and anxiety, like this is just one little part of it, um, they could hardly get a good night's sleep. They always, he, he was obviously anxious and, and suffering from stress from, you know, our problems and our separation. As soon as she started doing this work on herself as well, they started having great night's sleep. My son started sleeping and calming down tremendously without us having to say anything to him, which showed us so much that whole, you know, how our kids are energetically picking things up off us. You know, they're not just listening and watching. They're, they, they're, so, and they're so vibrant and, and, and they can pick up energy so much because they haven't been, uh, you know, conditioned so much to not be in tune with that stuff, you know, numb, I guess numb out of it which we kind of do as we, we forget how to do that as we get older. So they're very in tune. And um, we started seeing that shift in him and it was like, wow, like that was an already in a half moment for us where we're like, no way, this is crazy. But now where I find it's just immensely important uh, for me and him is for, so for me growing up, my father wasn't the type to be able to express himself very well at all. Like I knew deep down he loved us. He sacrificed his life for us and the family. So I knew he, he really loved us and he put in the effort for us. But he could never really express that. He never was the type to be able to even give me just the hug like we spoke about before, which could go a long way. You, unless I went to him or unless, you know, it was very rare that he'd give a compliment even or, or just anything, like any type of affection. It just wasn't in him. And it was probably obviously passed on from his father down to him, right? Um. And that's where now I, I'm so different to that now. I now realise the importance of emotions and the importance of affection and all those things. But, and the other thing too is like growing up, especially the old school type way, if you ever misbehaved or you express something, you, you know, your parents were quick to like, ah, be quiet and go to your room or, you know, like stop being a little sook, you know, just, you know, it's not that bad or, you know, don't don't raise your voice or, you know, and the quick, quick to shut you down while when you're a kid just, and, and all they're trying to do is express. Right. Um, but as a parent, we react from our own fears and insecurities and we just react and we don't know how to handle that. So now because I'm, I'm so aware of how important it is to be able to express what you're feeling and that it's okay to feel stuff. It's not a bad thing. It's actually a really good thing when we look at it in a different way. So now when my son comes out or with anger or he's sad and he wants to cry, I'm like, I'm embracing that. I'm saying, yes, it's okay to be angry, Jordan. Like, yes, are you angry at dad? Okay. And I don't have to defend myself or justify what I did. It's not about that in that moment. In the moment, it's about uh, acknowledging and accepting what's happening for him. So then he learns that it's okay to be upset 
It's okay to cry. It's okay to be angry. So then once I allow him to kind of express that emotion, then we can, and he can calm down and I can get him in a calm space. Then we can talk about what happened, the actions, whether they were maybe, you know, not the best way to kind of go about things. And I express to him, it's okay to be angry, but it's not okay to hurt anybody else when you're angry. It's not okay to take it out on anybody else. You can go and scream into a pillow. You can punch a punching bag. You can, you know, scream at the top of your voice. That's okay. That's more than fine. And if you want to cry, you can cry. Cry as long as you want, as long as you need. And then it's about, okay, so what did you feel in that moment? I felt this, okay. And how did it get to that? And we have these conversations with him now. So straight away, he, he, he now knows as a man that he's allowed to express and feel those things. Whereas the majority of us growing up, especially the old school way, never had that ability or, or were taught that. You know, I never even saw my, my dad ever shed a tear his whole life. I actually, I, I lie. The only time I did was when my granddad, his dad, passed away at a shock, death, heart attack, and I saw my dad weeping. And I weeped like crazy with him just be- and it wasn't so much because of my dad, granddad's death because I didn't have the closest connection with him, but it was seeing my dad in that. I couldn't believe it and that really affected me, but that was the only time I'd ever seen him show any type of emotion. <laughs> mm. So how was I supposed to know how to do that for my partner or for my kid or even just for myself more importantly? You know, be able to release whatever's getting bottled up inside me rather than uh, bottling it up and waiting for that day to explode or to turn to drugs or turn to some addiction or possibly take my own life because mm-hmm. I can't handle it, right? So that's where it's at now with my side and it's the relationship is so much deeper than I could have ever imagined and I can be some in a space for him that I never could have fathomed being there for him like that before. Yeah. If I had remained my old self, he would be a much more closed up kid. He would have to deal with his worries and anxieties in his room or, you know, however, however he has to do it. Um, but he would have to then deal with that the rest of his life, you know. Um, Go through the hoops and the hurdles and, and yeah. all that stuff just to, to try and get back to or to get to a point where then he can start to really understand his emotions again. But yeah. given him that opportunity now to, to just... It's it's a normal part of life. I understand. I understand my emotions. I'm feeling this because of this, or you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, they say I've heard that there was. Um, it's it's on average most men know somewhere between five to seven, uh, or able to name five to seven emotions. Oh yeah. But there's something like thirty or forty thousand that oh. they've they've that yeah. we have in this yeah. in the galaxy of emotions. And, and we can only sort of name, you know, five. Yeah. So it's pretty, it's, it's an area that we're, we're struggling with, isn't it? Yeah. Well, mate, I, through all the one-on-ones I've done, uh, you know, one-on-one sessions that I have with clients, uh, it's not only men, to be honest, either. Like even women, when I, when I have one-on-one sessions with, with women, um, even a lot of women struggle to actually be able to know what they're feeling what the emotion is. But men especially, yes, we, we struggle tenfold. Like, and even for a man, like I've found in my one-on-one sessions, like I have to really dig to get the guys to even want to go there, mm. to, even want, to even have the ability to feel 
because they've been so well trained at not having to feel. So sometimes it can take a few sessions before I can even get to the elite, a deeper level, you know, a deeper layer with them. But, you know, once they open that door and allow themselves to go there, then it's like more things can, can, can come out for them and then they can really start to, to transform and shift. But you're right. Um, a lot of us, and me, myself included, when I first started off, I didn't really know how to express the things I was feeling. Um, I remember my, you know, people when I was having sessions with other coaches and they would say to me, like, you're so hard to read. Like your face is like, you don't, your face doesn't change when you say you're sad. Like your face remains the same. You say you're feeling sadness. I don't see anything, any shift in your body. Like that's how well trained I was, you know, Mm. to not feel or not show what I'm feeling. That's probably more of a thing that we, we do is we don't want to show if we're being vulnerable, if we're sad or if we're as, as men, because what would society think or, you know, are we not men or we're not macho and we're not, you know, the man of the house, the alpha. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough one. Yeah, and it's it's one of those ones we hear all the time, you know, being vulnerable and is just a sign of weakness and all that that silly yeah. shit. But, you know, I think there's also a misinterpretation uh, of that word a lot of the times too, especially with the real blokey blokes and, you know, it's like vulnerable equals tears. Well, no, it doesn't necessarily mean tears all the time. It could be instead of saying when someone says, hey, how you going on the work site in the morning, you don't have to say good. If it's yeah. a trusted mate that you've been working with for, you know, a decade, it's if you're not feeling good, you could probably just say a pretty shit night last night or whatever, you know, I've just, yeah. you know, I had a pretty average morning. This is that's happened, you know, and, you know, and for that, you know, for that mate that's that you know is a trusted person in your corner, then that they should be there for you to be able to respond in an appropriate way, you know, like, hey, yeah. let's let's just why don't we go and grab a coffee or you know let's go grab a big M and a croissant from the bakery down the road and just dawdle back to work, you know, just have the conversation. Yeah. It doesn't. I think that I think that there is still a, a massive um, a, a massive sort of yeah. I don't want to say stigma, but it is it is part of the stigma, isn't it? Like you can't Yeah, hundred percent. All right, fellas, we're just going to leave it there for the moment. This is part one of a, a two-parter, Gus or Kajor. It was really a great conversation and we, we, we spoke for a long time because this is something that we're both really passionate about. And Stay with us for next week because we're going to dive deeper into vulnerability and we're going to take a, a couple of little tacks here and there to make sure that you guys get some, uh, some takeaways to be able to take you to the next level. So stick with us. I hope you enjoyed this first episode. If you did, share it around, let us know. And give us a rating or a review on iTunes. That would be awesome. Thanks, guys. See you next week.